for the dyslexic community. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. Two sisters just chatting about life. Yep. Life and shared experiences. And being dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Being a melon. So, recently on this podcast, we talked about assisted technology. And we actually had our first listener write-in from Queen 6 on Instagram which is actually a good friend of ours, Catherine Queen. Yeah, so we would like to talk a bit more on this topic and provide a better understanding of what assistive technology is, why it's important, how to use it or, you know, get access to it, and the different types that are out there. Because, you know, not all assistive technologies are useful for every person. So really quick, we're going to define assistive technology versus instructional technology are two different things so just off the bat instructional technology are things like those like computer games um, that help you remember like the state capitals or programs that help you learn typing that's what instructional technology is it's like learning based uh, like technology things it's not yeah learning based technology yeah it's to reinforce the classroom um, lessons it's not to assist a student or assist a person out in the world with their learning or their day-to-day life that's assistive versus instructional That's it. And now everything assistive. Assistive technology can be software, hardware, or any device that assists in productivity and independence in everyday use. Assistive technology has fast become a crucial aid to dyslexics in their workplace and in their classroom. These technologies can't replace direct intervention like a an actual program, but they can augment a therapy program. By accommodating challenges, we help increase self-confidence at home and in the classroom or at the job. So by using these technologies and mitigating the issues that we know we're going to have, like for me, creating this podcast, I don't read very fast. I really should be using my little plug-in on Chrome. It's just using that. And I'm mitigating a ton of frustration already there to be 10 times more productive than I would have been earlier. Speaking of which, let's list our common assistive technologies. Our first one is a text-to-speech software device, like the one I just said, that plugin that I use. Anything that takes text and reads it to you aloud. Another one is one that actually does the exact opposite. It is a speech-to-text software that allows the student or worker or whatever to dictate their paper. Dragon Naturally Speaking is the one that I particularly use, and it works really well. Yeah, Dragon's Dragon's a super common one for um, people to use. That also, that speech-to-text can be like just talking to your phone, because we have that now too, So, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I absolutely loved it when the phone came out with that. And then another really common one that would be used is any sort of spelling, grammar, or vocabulary helper or support. I use Grammarly as a plugin for my um, Chrome extension, but there's other devices and things that do this for you, obviously. Sometimes assistive services are needed to implement assistive technology, and that would be if you're getting kind of like a heavier duty program like 
uh, when we were going through school, or like when I was going through school, uh, if you got Dragon Naturally Speaking on your IEP, you actually went and were taught how to use Dragon. And every student, basically, in my whole school was taught how to use the Kurzweil system because it is so dense. Like, we were taught specifically in certain classes how to use it. So sometimes if it is like a dense program, you do need to be taught how to use it. But other times with these simple plugins for your computer, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier. I will attest that the Kurzweil system is definitely one that um, if you're not trained, you will not even like scratch the surface of what it's capable of. Yeah. Because it's it's an in-depth program. It's very, it's like a, it's like Photoshop, but for assistive technology. That is a really good way of describing it. Okay. So how do we get access to these assistive technologies? Well, I would say that at home, it's really just self-advocation and finding a path to get a hold of them, you know, Googling it. In school, is a little different, right? Mm-hmm. In school, you need to get an IEP or a individual education plan. Yeah. In order to have access to a lot of this assisted technology in schools. Getting access to these technologies is actually protected under the Ideas Act or the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Originally, this was created in 1997. And it was last updated in 2006. It explicitly states that school districts were required to consider the needs of assistive technology whenever a student's IEP was developed. So whenever we're looking at these IEPs and we're developing these IEPs for each kid, we have to take into consideration the use of assistive technology. Mm-hmm. And what, which ones would benefit this student? Yeah, so it is. Uh, this is where we start running into a little bit more of the legal side of the schooling aspect, which I, is a black hole. But as of, yeah, yeah. Yes. but as of 2011, the Ideas Act applies to children ages from birth to three years old, and as well as school age children. So you're able to get your younger kids into having assistive help as well, plus you know your school age kids. That's kind of nice. Let's go over the different kinds of assistive technology out there that we have access to. Yeah, there are a ton of technologies out there and even more every day, I feel like, with, you know, apps and things like that. Mm-hmm. The list we're about to go over is a fraction of what's out there. To keep it understandable, the following list of tech are broken down into categories. So follow along. We can't vouch for all of these items that we're about to talk about, but we do think that some of them can be helpful. We will tell you which ones we have used and why they are helpful. So that's just our little disclaimer before we dive in. So our first one is going to be comprehensive technology. This offers multiple assistive technology tools in one. Typically, they provide support for both reading and writing. A really good example of one of those is going to be Kurzweil to begin with. And we talked about that at the top. It's a very dense tool to learn and figure out, but it has everything in there. It has the highlighter, the dictionary, the synonym, suggester, the predictor for when you're typing, um, you know. It has uh, places where you can actually, like, um, a draft page. It actually has a place, too, where if you're doing um, uh, brainstorming, and you know how they teach you to make the bubbles and then the lines that connect to the bubbles? Yeah, it lets you do the maps. It lets you do all of those mapping and everything, too, through the Kurzweil system, so it will read your maps back to you in a understandable way because it's trained for that very cohesive yeah Yeah. uh it you can scan books into it um all of your textbooks things like that and actually you can get um what are those books ebooks sorry 
Yeah, you can get ebooks actually and open it up in the Kurzweil system so it can read it to you too. So that's really nice. So you don't have to like sit there and scan the whole thing in. When I first started using the Kurzweil system, I had to do that. But um, yeah, now I can buy books and then just open them onto the Kurzweil system. Yeah. So um, that's the one that we can definitely vouch for for you. There's going to be other ones out there. Uh, they're going to probably range in price. There might even be free ones. You just, you really have to look for, you just have to Google, unfortunately. 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 Google is your friend. Yeah. And we will tell you some assistive technologies for just general Googling use to find these deeper technologies, I guess, because maybe, maybe you're so profoundly dyslexic that you can't even start the Googling process on your own. Like the whole idea of doing that and doing the research is just overwhelming and daunting. Believe me, I understand I've been there, not necessarily for this, but in general, researching without, we'll tell you how to make um, that easier. Technologies, daunting. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that is one type, you know, comprehensive. It's going to have more than one in there. Our next set is going to be planning, time management, and organizational tools. This is really important if you are doing anything, I feel like. If you're trying to study, if you're trying to learn something new in general, if you're working on a long project, if you're writing a long paper, if you are in your day-to-day job. The thing I'm going to recommend is things that help with workflow. A lot of these tools can be free. There's a lot of apps on your phone that will do it that like if you stay focused for so long, you can like grow a tree (laughs) Um, and they kind of give you designated breaks. And there's a lot of science and psychology behind having a 25 minute concentrated workflow, concentrated study, concentrated whatever you're doing, and then a five minute designated break. It helps you not become overwhelmed, especially if you're dyslexic or ADHD. It's a very smart thing to learn how to do. It gets you through a long studying, long projects, True. you know, your your day to day. So yeah, for um so there are lots of um there are some free apps out there that you can get on um, on any phone for helping with your time management and organizing. I personally tend to use my alarm a lot. It's useful to because I, I, I can get stuck in my head doing whatever and just telling myself, all right, in 45 minutes you have to move on or in 20 minutes you have to move on depending on whatever it is I'm doing. I also have a calendar because if I don't write it down so when I walk by it, I can see it, even though I know like, okay, I'm dyslexic, that's true, so reading isn't the best for me. I actually tend to use pictures sometimes. I will draw myself a little picture on my calendar as a reminder for a visual cue and those visual cues are really important for me to see i have a whiteboard calendar that i change every month no so there's just a different like a couple different aspects for you on different ways of you know uh working on workflow just general time management and also planning out your your month and days different things work for different people that's why we're not going to say that Mm -hmm. you need to do it this one way because it's not it's not helpful for anyone what works for drew probably might not work for me you know so we're just giving you options out there things that we do for those stuff Mm -hmm. okay our next one is text-to-speech technology with text-to-speech dyslexic students can listen to words while scanning the text or visualizing the narrative this can help them improve their reading speed develop visualization skills and many students report that this helps them see the words instead of just strings of letters that's one of the things i do like about the Kurzweil system is that when it reads to you 
it's highlighting everything so I can easily follow along. And when it comes to visualization with listening to words or stories or texts, being able to have a visual connection to what it is I'm hearing helps me remember what I'm hearing. A lot of the times, the help of that enforce that visualization, drawing the what I'm hearing is very helpful for me. Yeah, it gives you that um, the picture in your mind to be able to recall helps you think about the subject matter that you're taking in in a different way and lets you really be able to like manipulate it and bring it back out in your own context. So besides just the Kurzweil system that is amazing for that, there's also an easy one is Audible. You can get a lot of textbooks on Audible. You can get a lot of podcasts and uh, self-help books, you know. Books. I love listening to books. Yeah. And that really, um, if you're a dyslexic person, you're really able to become immersed in these Audible or audio books um, and be able to visualize in great detail what it is and also get a project done while you listen to something just saying that's true actually um as a dyslexic that is the way i primarily read and i couldn't have been able to read them if i didn't have them on audible or um any other of the reading technologies i was using at the time um there was a great one we used to use um as a kid i forgot what it's called now man back in the day we used cds and cassette tapes I remember the cassette tapes. But it's, yeah, it, it's, it was, it's, it's a great technology because I do, I love stories. I absolutely love stories. Yeah, and it's, a, it's just a, it's a way of accessing, if you can tell, a way of accessing a type of knowledge base, a type of, you know, another form of media, another form of narrative. So there you go. So besides Audible, which is just, uh, you know, your book reader, for general use, for day-to-day use, you can get extensions for your browser and I'm a Chrome user, so that's the browser that I use. I don't know if this works on every browser, but I can go to my Chrome extensions area and download these extensions that plug into my browser that when I'm on any website, anywhere, they're always in my right-hand corner and I can always click on them to do something for me. And one of them is literally called Read Aloud, and it just reads every website aloud to me if I ask it to doesn't immediately start doing these things so it's very easy for like my research for this podcast it's what I use when I'm doing recipes it's easy peasy lemon squeezy everyday use item there's just a lot of different ones out there that one I like because it's free uh I I'm not a big person that wants to pay for stuff unfortunately our next is the reverse of that it's gonna be speech-to-text speech-to-text software takes the spoken word and translates it into text Individuals with dyslexia can speak into an inbuilt microphone or an external microphone. It depends on, you know, where you find best for you. I mean, Dragon has these, like, crazy Darth Vader masks that you can put on yourself so you can block out all of the sound and, like, really Mm -hmm. hone in on you. I actually think the mask mask is sold by a different company than Dragon. Oh, is it? Dragon, it actually has a headset, yeah, with a mic attached to it. But those... Big mics um, that you hate so much, the Darth Vader ones. Yeah, they're actually sold by a different company. I forgot the name off the top of my head, but mine broke. So we've looked up buying it, and it's like $300. And at this point, it's really yeah. just... It, it's to block out sound. That's the only reason you need the, the awesome mic like that. So I honestly just use the same mic I'm using now, and I'm just like, I just can't be in the same room with anybody. It's fine. Yeah, uh, the, the blocking out mic sound thing is for classroom mm-hmm. use. Um, I've also actually seen the st- 
stenographers use it in courtrooms. Yeah, so there you go. Helps with that. So you can use, use all these different types of mics. You just have to find out which one works the best for you. You talk into the mic, and then it appears as text on the screen. Yep. This makes spelling no longer a barrier for these people. The one thing I would mention, though, however, is that you still have to know punctuation and, like, kind of grammar text because you have to... It doesn't, it doesn't matter what program mm. I've found so far, you still have to say comma, period, yes. and new paragraph. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes you can get so used to saying those things they seep into your recordings yeah drew has sent me a voice recording where she was talking and then she said comma and then she continued talking and then she period. said period and then she sent it to me and i just burst out laughing because she's just it's like someone it's like she's reading her own telegram to me it was hilarious <laughs> honestly i went back and listened to that too for whatever reason i want to make sure it recorded right and I was listening to it, and I heard myself, and I fell down on the floor laughing so hard. Yeah. I know. Okay, so um, easy one for this. We've talked about it before. It's Dragon Naturally Speaking. It does come with a price point, though. Um, keep that in mind. There are other ways of doing that. A lot of phones obviously already have this plugged in for when you're texting or looking things up. There's also a text typer, which is free, which is a, another Google Chrome extension just like that uh, read aloud one that I use. I don't use the text typer. Um, I should probably start looking into it because I get highly frustrated when I can't spell something and I'm spelling it so wrong that the computer can't guess what I'm spelling. It gives me a little rage. <laughs> so even I should look into doing these things better. Audio recorders. These are wonderful things. If writing or taking notes is difficult, an audio recorder is a great way to capture notes in the classroom. You can go back and re-listen to them at a later date. And while the student is in the lecture, they can concentrate on listening and absorbing the information rather than trying to feverishly take down notes and worry about their spelling and grammar. It allows the person to be present in the lecture rather than unfocused and frazzled. I use this technology in college all the time taking notes. I'd take my notes home and then I'd re-listen to the class lecture and cut them down into smaller notes, taking all of the superfluous information. And it, yeah, that was one of the major ways I studied in college. Yeah. Um, it's really helpful, honestly, as well. If you remember, we have issues with, um, or a lot of people honestly have issues with memory and retention. So having the ability to go back and re-listen is so helpful and in this technology I mean it can be as expensive as you want it to be and it can be as accessible as you want it to be one of the easiest things you can do is that if you have you know a smartphone or if you're in a lecture with a laptop you have a recording device right there at your hands um, there are devices that are specifically made for dyslexics though in other neurodiverse they do come with their own um, price point but they have a little bit more design to them besides just whipping out your phone uh, certain things can be like the smart pen which is a it's a pen that allows you to write while it records and it syncs to your you know your tablet or your smartphone automatically uh, the notes can be converted from you know your plain text into an organizer you can have like you can find out like you know trigger words and you can search um, from there so it takes as you're writing it's it's translating it into a into a program on your phone or your tablet, and it's also recording, which is really awesome. Um, so 
obviously there's a price point to that because it's doing a ton of different stuff at once, but easy peasy lemon squeezy, you got it on your phone. Just hit record and listen to your lectures again. So helpful. Our last bit of assistive tech isn't actually tech, really, in my opinion, but it is helpful for some people. The one that I always see touted is color readers, which are just little strips of colored paper that are see-through that you put over the lines that you're reading and it helps. There's this like idea that the color changing on the page helps you really focus on the word that you're on. And then there's this other idea that by following line by line, it helps you not jump around on the page. And I find that for when I was going through this and had that, that that's basically all it did for me is that it helped me just not jump around as much, but I don't think it really made my dyslexia any easier as some people think it might be able to. Same thing with um, dyslexia fonts. I don't find it easier to read those things, but maybe somebody does. And then um, another one of these technologies they have out there are noise-canceling headphones, or headphones also that um, create some sort of white noise so that you can block Mm -hmm. out any of those auditory distractions that will pull you away from whatever it is you're trying to focus on. You know, put on those those blinders and just focus on... Yeah, get rid of those project. external stimulations. Mm-hmm. And then our last couple is just, you know, random things like uh, kinesthetic desks or the standing desks can help um, with the, the need to move and get out energy while you're working through things, you know, doing projects, sitting for a long time. Same thing with the, they call them energ- energizer balls, but it's just those exercise balls that you sit on at your desk. There are some studies that show that that can help uh, get out and release tension mm-hmm. while you're, when you're doing these projects and you're trying to uh, go through your every day I definitely think the uh, those uh, those balls and the um, the standing desks are very helpful for people who have that excess energy where they're always fidgeting it's really helpful to get that out in a productive way where it's not pulling you out of whatever project it is you're trying to work on I have found those helpful mm-hmm. yeah so you can still stay focused okay well I think that's it for assistive tech There's a ton more out there, and you can always do more research if you're really wanting to know more about individual options or more in-depth information in general. These are just a couple of the things that I've used or have found in research, so there's obviously a ton more that you could learn out there. Hopefully this has helped somebody, and hopefully our wonderful, lovely Catherine likes this episode, because it was, like we said, out of her suggestion that we did this. So, yeah. thanks, Catherine. Yes, thank you, Catherine. And we are here for other people's suggestions, so, you know, talk to us. Yeah, send them over. You can do that, actually, at melons.podcast on Instagram. Melons.podcast on Instagram. We're over there at least once a week posting things, if not twice a week, if I'm feeling real fancy, which lately that is how it's been going, so that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming and listening to us. We are a community, and we love seeing it grow. Yep, and as we say every week, be different and be kind. <laughs>